and welcome to the Katie Halper Show. It is Wednesday, August 19th, and we are here live in the studio at WBAI 99.5 FM or WBAI.org on the internet, on the webs. <sighs> Great to be back. Great to be here, as always. Yeah, so today we have you know, Jeremy Newberger, who is going to be talking to us about his film Avocateur, the Mort Downey Jr. movie. Oh. Yeah, which mm-hmm, is about mm-hmm. the pioneer of right-wing trash TV. Loved him. Loved him, whose tor- torch is carried by the likes of Sean Hannity, mm-hmm. Bill O'Reilly, and Glenn Beck, and Rush Limbaugh today. Yeah. Love the tree, hate the fruit. Love the tree, hate the fruit. Well, exactly. he did change later in his life, though, towards the end. Well, sort of. Uh, kind of. He, kind of. He stopped liking cigarettes because well, he got yeah, lung cancer. That's true. Well, uh, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. He uh, said Chinaman, and he got fired, and guess who replaced him? Rush Limbaugh, the much less racist Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just kidding. Chinaman is like the most modest, non-racist thing that uh, Limbaugh's ever said. In fact, he would, his fans would be disappointed. They'd call him PC, right, if he said Chinaman. Yeah. That, but that's... Uh, we're so excited to have our first guest with us who made a film about Morton Downey Jr. Jeremy Newberger, are you there? I am here. Hello. It's so good to be on your show. Thanks for coming. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. Um can you explain to listeners a little bit about who Morton Downey Jr. is and why you decided to make a movie about him and his uh, show, The Morton Downey Jr. Show? Of course. I, I grew up in Long Island, New York. I was born and raised in Dix Hills. And uh, I was about 14 years old, around 1987, when The Morton Downey Jr. Show hit the air. And as like a, you know, an, a typical 14-year-old Living in Long Island, I was, you know, smoking cigarettes, was rebelling against the parents, hanging out at the mall, and watching lots of WWF wrestling at the time. And Morton Downey Jr. came on at 11 p.m., and all of a sudden, it was like you were watching something you'd never seen before. It was this chain-smoking, cranky, angry, uh, hostile guy picking fights with people in this, like, low-budget, community television-looking set, and the audience backed up the guy like, you know, the, a crazy mosh pit. They were just... It was just a show filled with maniacs. Right. And he would bring politicians on. He would bring, like, counterculture figures. Uh, you know, you'd see a lot of, like, like, guardian angels would be there. And it would always inevitably end with brawls. And... You know, I watched the show for about two years, and then I just forgot about it. <laughs> and I forgot about it until about 2008. Sorry, I'm skipping around my life. No, it's good. <laughs> and in 2008, my partners Dan and Seth and I were filmmakers. We've made a couple films together, as you just described. We were looking for a new project, and we had a, an epiphany that the three of us all watched that show. Were they also from Long Island or New Jersey or something? So Dan and Seth, my two partners, grew up in New Jersey. There you go. Okay. And when the show kicked off in 87, it was like the, you know, the tri-state area. So right. New York, Long Islanders, New Jerseyers, some Connecticut folks, we were all hip to the jive, so to speak. Right. And then, you know, several months later, it, it went national because the, the show just sort of blew up really quick. Right. And uh, I actually didn't know who he was before I saw this movie. Gabe and Reggie, did you did, though, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, um, we that was one of the family watching really? moments. Yeah. Interesting. It was it was it was surreal. Right. It was very surreal. 
I I loved it. I loved yeah. watching. I mean, it was like uh, I I was probably eleven or uh, or when I first discovered it, and it was the first time I'd seen something so like iconoclastic on television. Mm-hmm. It felt really punk rock. Uh, it also felt like I used to watch Glorious Ladies of Wrestling, and I used to yeah, watch glow. you know, uh, 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 and, yeah. and I used to the watch bombers. yeah, like like I used to love Ric Flair. And uh, uh-huh. Morton Downey Jr. just came out and was was that guy. He was just like a com- he might as well have been. He felt like a wrestling manager. Totally, totally. And the way that he right. baited the crowd and the way that um, he just spoke. I don't want to say truth to power, but there were all these people who were seen as serious and all of these issues he and was topics. Bombastic. Right, and he yeah. he definitely yeah. presented himself as speaking truth to power. Right, whether or not he was actually taking on the right he kind of does it in the same way that a white male straight comedian does take some like speaks truth to power or makes jokes like a like dennis that. leary yeah or right. dennis miller yeah right that's that's right. Cool. like pretend like pseudo like he's a populist right so can, we're yeah. jeremy we just want to i just want to play two short clips so our listeners get a sense of who um more downey jr was and sure. can you set help us set these up the first clip features um is is from a show that Al Sharpton was on. Uh, yeah, I remember that. One. So Al Sharpton, I remember this. Who you know, he in appearance and in sort of personality was a very different cat yes, back then. Very different. He cat. was, you know, he had his his hair in that sort of James Brown <laughs> pompadour. Yep. Right. He was wearing big medallions right. around mm-hmm. his neck. Running he, suits. You know, he had the, the cool you know slick suits. Right. And he was. I think making his bones on the Morton Downey Jr. show, and he was on all the time. He was one of the more frequent guests. Yeah. Right, and he was. And this usually, was his more full-figured uh, oh, phase, yeah. right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 He he was a big boy back then. Yeah. And the the big news story that had broke during the years of the Morton Downey Jr. show was the Tawana Brawley case. Right. And if your audience is unfamiliar with it, that's like a fun Wikipedia read. But it was a young. African American girl from Wappinger Falls who said that she was raped by four raped and kidnapped by four white uh, four white guys up there. One was an assistant DA, another was a detective. You know, uh, it, it was this huge story, and Al Sharpton ran, uh, dare I say, leapt in the air like the right. bionic man to her defense. This was one of the many Morton Downey Jr. shows where he was. Defending Tawana Brawley. It is amazing to me that you could do Morton Downey's show and call something I do a circus. I, I agree. agree. You always what, have to have a fat smile. The case, the okay. Okay. Line, the case is wait a minute. Wait a minute. You had a We're coming you had back a to the Tawana Brawley case. Stay with us. I'll bring Tawana. I'll bring Tawana. Zip it and tell me what day. I want him here tomorrow. Zip it. That was one of Morton <laughs> yep. Downey Jr.'s signature lines. He was defending Tawana Brawley. Uh, with you know his two cohorts, I think it was uh, Maddox and Mason were you know two attorneys that uh, they were the sort of trio that had taken on Tawana Brawley's defense. And it turned out, and just so listeners know, it turned out that she made it up. She had made it up. Right. So okay. that was that was the thing. The story was had was filled with holes, and eventually it was discovered that it was a hoax, and Al Sharpton never owned up to the hoax right. to this day. Right. And so he lost a lot of credibility. And I mean, you could argue that he's regained it by becoming a much more serious figure who's uh, taken on police brutality and, and 
and racism and hasn't shown on MSNBC, although he also takes money from very sketchy people. Although, maybe there's nothing wrong with that, as long as you're not giving it to sketchy people. Anyway, so, um, but but another great clip that you show in the movie, which we don't have a, uh, the audio of, is when um, uh, Roy Innes, Roy or Ron? Roy. Roy Innes, Roy. who's Roy. from CORE, Council on Racial Equality, big civil rights organization, but now is with a libert- then turned into a libertarian mm-hmm. and an NRA guy and also an Alan Keyes fan. Mm-hmm. He literally <laughs> knocks Al Sharpton over. They're fighting about uh, Tawana Brawley, and he knocks, her, he knocks him over. And Al, Al Sharpton, in this kind of adorable um, uh, Pillsbury Doughboy uh, mode, falls over, and he, he looks really adorable. I just wanted to squeeze him. Anyway. <laughs> But um, we yeah. have one more clip that we want to play, and this is of um, this is from Ron Paul's appearance on the Morton Downey Jr. show. Do you believe that the government should stay out of our personal business altogether? Yeah, this well, is correct. To be my, Matter of fact, is it, all right, that's good, guys. But, it also happens but, to be my personal business if I want to kill my four-year-old kid, right? No, 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 no. no. Wait a minute. Wait, you're Why? giving you're giving libertarian a distorted uh, explanation. No, 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 I'll stick to the issues, Listen, pal. Mr. The issue if I had a slime like you in the White House, I'd puke on you. Who's the prohibition of alcohol? Who's the prohibition of alcohol? I ask that question. Three people. We get high on the ideas of freedom. We get high because freedom. So that. So that's uh, Ron uh, Ron Paul appearing on the Morton Downey Jr. show. And Did you hear the woman that was sort of screeching in that clip? Do you I, know who that is? No, who? That's Lisa Evers. She's on Channel 5. Oh, my God. Oh my gosh. The one right. who calls him Mr. Potato Head? Listen, Mr. Yeah, Potato was, Head? Uh, Curtis Slee was... Lisa uh, Slee was. Curtis Slee was ex-wife. Right, right, right. She used to come on the show all the time in her guardian angels outfit with Curtis. Oh my God, so sexy! And now she's, you know, she's like a respected Channel Five reporter. You see her all the time, right? So, yeah, a couple of hidden gems in the film. You'll find people that completely reinvented themselves back then. It's true. Maybe two of like the the producers of the Morton Downey Jr. show went on to produce Ellen. (laughs) Oh my God, really? That's hilarious. Well, yeah, right? That's not wow. like a connection you would normally make. No, not at all. But it kind of is it's interesting because it speaks to the the kind of overarching theme of Morton Down Jr., from what I can tell and from what I gathered from the film, which is that his ideology wasn't that important. It was his ratings and his popularity and his personality. He started out as a Democrat. His father was this famous Irish tenor Democrat. Mm-hmm. And then he turned into a pro quote unquote pro life, I'll say anti choice guy. Um but it se- he, there seems something very Ann Coulterish about him, like or Glenn Beckish about him. It's not clear whether or not the politics and ideology really matter to him. You know, to say that his father was, you know, a Democrat. His father was like best friends with Joe Kennedy, right? The you know the patriarch of the Kennedy clan. Right. They had houses just across the street from each other, you know, up in Cape Cod area, and they were very very close. He grew up knowing Ted Kennedy and. Jack Kennedy and, you know, the whole clan. Right. And, you know, his father, as you mentioned, was this famous recording star, one of the first huge recording stars in, in the country. And his mother and his aunts were all famous actresses. So he is kind of like, you know, a child, uh, a star, you know, a child of famous people who's desperate to follow in the family footsteps. So he started off his career trying to become a singer. And it just didn't, he didn't have the chops that his father had. So he was sort of failing at that. Mm-hmm. And he reinvented himself as, 
a you know conservative mouth and started becoming popular on radio and you know guest appearing on television shows that you know talk politics until he was plucked you know by the creators of MTV and put on this show uh, to be this guy who yells at people and you know causes fights and screams and so he he was constructed by you know producers and people we spoke to in the film you know suggest that if he had been told we'll hire you to be a screaming democrat he would have done that right right and he's i mean he's he blows smoke into people's faces literally right he did that yes. then there's footage of him like bumping into a a, a stripper i don't uh, know how to describe stripper, that a stripper yeah. from a stripper of god what's that i didn't realize she well, was that yeah she she believes that God above has given her, you know, specific commands to strip. Oh. And uh, she came on the show that day to preach her gospel and was uh, essentially assaulted. <laughs> assaulted and, you know, belittled. It was like the worst day of her life. I mean, we went to her house. She lives somewhere near Binghamton. She's a lovely lady. She still, uh, she still dabbles in the God stripping. and. Okay. You know, she told us her story very, you know, clearly, not like a maniac. And, you know, she was, it was not a great day. She went to the show to, you know, represent uh, women sex workers. And he unleashed, like, fury on her. Like, you know, you you don't expect to see someone treat a woman like that on right, TV. Right. And yeah, he's talking about having an audience cheering. Right, right. So, um, anything that you can tell us about uh, his, what happened to him? I don't want to spoil it for, for the audience, but what would you say, what are the kind of the takeaways from what happened to him? Uh, Morton Downey Jr.'s kind of demise, uh, and clearly there was a demise. It's not, I'm not spoiling anything, right. you know, considering many of you may not have ever heard of him. Uh, it's like really symbol, it's a symbol of kind of what happens when uh, people take this kind of crazy act onto the radio or TV and they can't maintain it mm -hmm. forever. And Morton Downey, you know, when the advertisers start pulling out, uh, the ratings start going down, uh, people will do anything to sort of maintain that kind of act. And unfortunately for Morton Downey, he took things a little too far. Right. So you see the film, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking right. about. And uh, what you had access to his daughter. You spoke to his daughter. Yeah, you know, he had four wives, and right. he spoke to one of his daughters from his uh, third wife, and she was a college-age girl when the show was on. So she was living with him and his third wife, uh, you know, in Jersey while he was doing the show. Uh, I'm sorry, she was a daughter of his second, second wife. Right, she right. lived with him and his third wife. It's hard wife. to keep track. Her name was Kelly. Right. Uh, and you know what? She was terrific. She, she, I mean, she loved her father, but she, she kind of told it like it was. Right. She saw how he was behaving, how it was different than, you know, the dad that she loved and knew was, you know, this great guy. And it scared her a little. Right. Yeah, there, and there seemed to be a lot of psych interesting psychology going on in terms of his relationship with his father. As the film explains, he, was, he had a very traumatic childhood because his father won custody of the kids and wouldn't let his wife see him, see the kids? Yeah. Is that true? Wow. Yeah, he pretty much grew up without a mom. Right. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us.